You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to reflect on 2017 and make goals for 2018. But before we get into that, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what's been happening with you? Well, my voice is a little bit hoarse because last night I had a really fun night out with people that I know professionally but who are also friends. But we all gathered, ate food, drank drinks, and talked until I got hoarse. So (laughs) it was really nice to step away from my regular life. I had to force myself to get my work done early because I had Mm -hmm. a writing deadline this morning, but I did. I finished my story during nap yesterday, which was amazing. And then Andrew came home a little bit early so that I could get there. It's a part of my life that doesn't come out much, like that adult fun part. Mm -hmm. It was just really great. Sounds like a nice night. I'm actually going to be having a social evening tonight where I'm going out with my book club Around Christmas, we do a book exchange and just eat dinner together and enjoy not discussing a book. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Yeah. What's new with you, Sarah? I want to talk about the TV show Scandal. (laughs) Nice. Neil and I have a really hard time finding shows that we enjoy watching together. Some of the ones we've liked in the past have been The West Wing and The Office and Master of None more recently. But... It's been a while since we've had a show that we're not re-watching, one that's new to both of us. And we started watching Scandal a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. which I'm sure most listeners know about Scandal. It started several years ago. Yeah. Have you watched it? I've watched some of it. Okay. I'll be interested to see what you think as you get more into it, because it went off the rails for me in one of the more recent seasons. Oh, Okay. I was going to say, we're in season two, and I already can sense that. Yeah, so. you, can, you can see the train <laughs> careening out of control. So one of my guilty pleasures of TV shows is Grey's Anatomy, mm, which mm-hmm. this is made by the same creator. Yeah. And you can tell that it's less of the romantic drama, at least at this point, but it's mm. very sensational. I mean, these people basically have assassins on speed dial and make very questionable choices yeah. constantly. And yet... I'm hooked. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. The characters are such a hot mess, but they wear beautiful clothes and (laughs) do very interesting things with lots of money. Yeah. So I'd love to hear what listeners think of the show, and I can update in a few months about how I feel as I get further into it. Do you think even if it goes totally off the rails, which I can pretty much guarantee you it will (laughs) based on what I've watched already, do you think you guys will stick with it? I don't know. I feel like it's similar to the way I feel about books, which is it's hard for me to stop once I'm into it. And I think that's also why I still watch Grey's Anatomy, even though (laughs) it's way (laughs) off the rails, too. Yes. And it's been going on for way too long. I get really invested in knowing the outcome of the story. Mm. And Shonda Rhimes' creations, it's also everything is so cliffhanger that you want to find out the answer. Yeah, totally. I can also see once we get caught up and where it's coming out currently that we won't keep up with it. That Mm -hmm. once we kind of come to the end of Netflix, we'll probably just move on to something else. And I don't know if I'll come back to it then. Yeah. But we still got a ways to go till that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move away from TV and on to what we're reading. 
I just finished listening to The Almost Sisters by Jocelyn Jackson. This is a novel about Leia, who is a comic book artist who's accidentally pregnant after a one night stand at like a comic book convention. Okay. And she has to go down to Birchville, Alabama, this fictional Alabama town, because her grandmother isn't well. And then the story unfolds from there. It's a good book. It was a fun read. I think that you said about a book earlier this year that it was a light read, but still about important topics. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt about this. So it deals with issues of race and family and friendship and loyalty and what it's like to be in a small town and anticipating becoming a parent while watching your parent figures like your grandmother deteriorate. Mm. And when you hear those things, you think, oh, that was a really serious book. But it wasn't. It was, like I said, light and easy read. I listened to it and it's read by the author, which is interesting. I think that doesn't often happen with novels. Right. But it really worked for this one. So I would recommend the audiobook too. And it felt a little bit fluffy, but in a really enjoyable way. So was it YA or was it adult fiction? It's adult fiction. Okay. This is probably a book that you could easily take to the beach or see in the airport to buy. It's not the most educational book, but it does deal with important issues in a way that I think will be accessible for a lot of people, which is good. So I would recommend it for anybody who wants a book with a good story but also doesn't just want to read total fluff. It sounds good. I've been reading a series of nonfiction and heavier things, and mm -hmm. I feel like I need a little shift in my reading life, and this might be it. And this would be a quick one, too. So even if it's not your favorite, you're not committing a whole lot of time. Right. What have you been reading, Sarah? So I just finished Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Mm -hmm. And the subtitle is A Memoir of My Body with My in parentheses. And this is one I'd been hearing a lot about and that came highly recommended. So I had very high expectations going into it. And I would say they were actually exceeded. Wow. I had read her earlier book, Bad Feminist, and some of the essays I loved and then some of them missed the mark for me. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't quite sure what I'd be getting with this one. But I loved it. So she shares what it has been like for her to live in a super morbidly obese body in our society and also shares about a childhood trauma and how that is part of the story. This is a book that's hard to talk about. And I think part of that is that thin privilege and understanding that is something that is more recent for me and just like white privilege wasn't something I thought about a lot growing up because mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about race because I was white and living in a very white place. It's similar in that I am thin. And so I honestly haven't thought a lot about the ways that that thinness gives me privilege in our society. Right. And I think that Roxane Gay handles that issue with such grace mm -hmm. and honesty and rawness and she points out the ways in which our society is failing, 
but it also has a more complex tone than I feel like Lindy West's book Shrill did, which mm. we reviewed in our very first episode. And I think West is much more body positive. Our society needs to change and accept that everyone's bodies are different mm. and that she was happy with who she was and the way that she looked and society needed to catch up to where she was. And Roxanne Gay doesn't deny any of that. And I think also feels like those same kind of changes need to happen in society. Mm -hmm. But she's still living in her body. And she's still dealing with the ways in which society responds to her. And how she herself used her body based on having grown up in the society. Yes. Right. So I haven't read Lindy West's book, but I felt like the way that Roxanne Gay juxtaposes her personal experience mm -hmm. with broader viewpoints on what it means to be in a body of that size and how people treat you and how the world works in terms of accessibility yes. was a really beautiful way to tell her story. Yes. I felt like the memoir was such a good mirror Mm. to my own thoughts and really forcing me to come to grips with my own biases and the way that I operate in the world and the way I think in the world. And then also to society as a whole, while not being judgmental, that it didn't feel accusatory when I was reading it. It just felt honest. Right. And it challenged me. And I think that that's what the best books and memoirs do. Mm -hmm. And I found the whole experience to be really powerful. And I think it's something that everyone should read. I think it's hard to read, but there's a lot there. Yeah. And I will put in a plug for the audiobook because she reads it herself. And so her voice is very strong in the writing already. But hearing her read the book in her voice, especially the parts that are really hard to listen to about trauma, I think made it a really full experience for me. I wouldn't say that I loved the book. I do think it's a really important read, but I just want to reiterate that it is a really tough read. Yes. And if you're looking for more on this subject, we talked about it back in our first episode when we reviewed Shrill, but the This American Life episode, Tell Me I'm Fat, Roxanne Gay is on there as well as Lindy West. Mm -hmm. And you can get kind of a preview of some of the issues she talks about in the book in that episode. So that's also a great place to start if you'd like to hear a little bit before committing to the memoir. Today we're going to reflect back on 2017 and share our goals and aspirations for 2018. Let's start with a general overview of the last year and the big events that have shaped it for you. For me, there have been a lot of changes. In December last year, I had just started doing more freelance writing. And basically now I have as much freelance writing as I want to do. It's amazing. I feel really grateful that I have found people that are happy with my work and keep offering me more. I feel really grateful that we've been able to make it work with me still being able to do the parenting that I want to do. Mm -hmm. I talked in our episode last year about whether I wanted childcare or not. And at that point, I didn't, but that changed. I added in some mornings of babysitting, some mornings of drop-in care so that I could make it work with 
all of the writing that I've been doing. And I really like it. I feel like I'm in a really good balance with that. And related to that is that Andrew and I made huge steps forward in how we deal with money in our relationship. Some of that is me doing the work and having income coming in. Mm -hmm. But it's also a shift that happened with him in terms of really getting interested and feeling empowered to do that, which I talked about in our finances episode. But I feel like he and I are really in a different place with that. And it's a great place to be. So that's awesome. And then the last big thing is that I have an almost two year old. Yeah. And she's so great. (laughs) She talks a lot. She's really fun. I'm starting to see the glimmers of more challenging behavioral things that are down the road. Mm -hmm. But that's right where she needs to be. So right now it's great. What were your big life things this year, Sarah? So probably the biggest one is that HP is now in kindergarten full day. Mm -hmm. And that, as predicted, was a big shift in our family. And it hasn't always been the easiest. Mm -hmm. So many parts of it have been good, but it wasn't smooth sailing the whole way. And at the same time that he was starting in kindergarten, E was starting preschool for the first time. So she goes right now three mornings a week. And... That has been a great switch. I feel like she was ready for that kind of environment. And honestly, I was really ready to make the switch to having more time where I wasn't parenting full time and that I had dedicated time and space to work on my own creative projects. Mm -hmm. So that has all felt right that I think that often these big transitions can feel bittersweet, Mm -hmm. but it has definitely been hard, but felt more sweet to me that I felt ready as a parent for that switch. And I feel like my kids are ready and it just feels like the right thing. I haven't been wanting to go back in time. I'm happy to be where we are as a family. Nice. And along those same lines, we just don't have babies or toddlers in our family anymore. Nope. Over the summer, E was potty trained and there haven't been naps for a long time, but (laughs) no one is napping. People are sleeping better at night, though Neil would tell you that's not perfect, but we'll take what we can get. (laughs) And it's just felt different that E really feels much older and that three felt like a really big shift. And Mm. it feels like our whole family is entering this new era and we're all happy and excited to be there. Nice. The other big change that is happening literally as we speak, (laughs) my in-laws are moving to town, which I had mentioned in the last episode, and they're arriving here today. So that wasn't a big thing for all of 2017, but it is a big event in our family life. And then outside of parenting and family life, I launched my other podcast, Family Pedals. And when I went back and listened to our New Year's episode from last time, Mm -hmm. I had talked about how I was planning to launch a website around family biking and active transportation. And pretty early in the year, I switched to the idea of a podcast Mm -hmm. inspired by both Kelsey of the Girl Next Door podcast and you to make that change and try out that medium. It's been really fun. I started back in January and it finally launched in August and I just released my 10th episode. So really proud of the work that I'm doing on that and really excited about the prospects for the future. Yeah. And listeners, if you haven't checked it out, it's called Family Pedals, as Sarah said, and you can find it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for that plug, Abby. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So both of us choose a word 
or intention to guide our year. Let's talk about the word we picked for 2017 and how we feel like we did. The word I picked for last year was thrive. I think I did this in many ways, especially work and family related. I definitely didn't in some ways. Our self-care episode made this really clear. While I was supporting some areas of my life to thrive, like doing a pretty good job parenting, really working on my marriage, really putting effort into work and creative work, I really did not do a great job for most of the year taking care of myself. So I would say it's a mixed bag. And I think it would be surprising if it wasn't. I feel like maybe that is me consoling myself as I'm about to talk about the many ways (laughs) in which I did not succeed in my word. Right. (laughs) But I think it is a real challenge to keep these ideas in the forefront of our mind at all times. And Mm. there is just naturally this ebb and flow. And I think I'm coming to embrace that now. And so I'm going to spin my failure into a success. I can't wait. Here I go. Let's hear it. (laughs) So the word I chose last year was default. And the idea I had behind that was I wanted to make it so these habits and the kind of person I wanted to be felt like what I naturally turned to as opposed to a big effort of trying to do it and Mm -hmm. trying to create these baseline habits that supported that. And In some ways, I think I did well, and there were definitely points where I felt like I was really succeeding in this and being very aware of that and trying to create those habits. Mm -hmm. And then there were other points where I was not at all. (laughs) It's made me think a lot about how to pick a successful word and what does success mean for some sort of overarching theme like this. Mm, Interesting question. Because it's unrealistic to expect that I am always going to be making these right choices. And that's not actually how I even want to live my life, if I'm being completely honest. Mm. So sometimes that I felt like I was being really successful were around my use of technology, which I think is one of the big areas where I want to have these really healthy defaults. And I think I did the best when our internet was turned off until school drop-off in the morning Mm. and then was also off after school pickup until the kids went to bed. And Mm. I felt like I was able to be more present and patient as a parent when there wasn't the temptation of looking at my phone or listening to a podcast. But at the same time, sometimes I just really wanted to listen to a podcast or really wanted to scroll my phone for a few minutes. And I don't feel like that's a terrible thing to do, but I would prefer if that's more rare during these times I have with my kids, especially now that they're in more care than they were before. Yeah. But I think overall, I just feel more accepting of the fact that there are these ups and downs. And I feel that a lot around food Mm. and how... I generally like to eat healthy, and I think that I do, but I think I used to feel stressed out where I was having these seasons of wanting to eat a ton of sugar and just wanting to eat junk food and felt a little guilty about it. And now I just feel like, okay, well, I'm just having a few weeks like that, and then the pendulum's going to swing the other way, and I'll go back to the way it was before, Mm -hmm. and that I think I have a better perspective on all of it instead of beating myself up about times where it's not going well just recognizing that I know what to do to get back on track and that I think I learned to give myself a lot more grace. That sounds like a really good thing to come out of choosing that word and not spin. It sounds like really good growth about knowing what you want your life to look like and 
being able to choose it. Thanks, friend. So what are you happy to leave behind in 2017? So something that I didn't even realize was having such a big impact on my life, in some sense I knew it, but I didn't realize how pervasive it was, was the anxiety around money, both for me personally and for us in our family and specifically in my relationship with Andrew. And it feels like we're in a new great place with that. And so I'm so happy to leave that anxiety behind. That sounds like an amazing thing to come out of the year. For sure. What about you? Mine is a little less serious. I am really happy to leave diapers behind. (laughs) But nonetheless, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It is. We cloth diapered for five years and I don't have to do diaper laundry anymore. It's amazing. Five years is a really long time. And just simpler to leave the house, not having to carry all of that with me and think about it. It just is a great transition. No bitterness there. All sweetness. (laughs) (laughs) What habits or ideas are you hoping to carry forward into 2018? So I got a Fitbit for Christmas last year, and I've sort of used it in fits and starts this year. I really like the Fitbit. I really like walking for exercise. I like the challenges that you can do with friends via the app. And so I would love to carry that forward into 2018. And along with that are the other self-care things like getting more sleep, having more breaks, reading for fun, less of the phone zoning and more of the connecting with my family. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm really hoping to continue the momentum that I feel in my creative projects and in this podcast and my other one. It's definitely been a big learning process of figuring all that out. And Mm. I feel like there's lots of areas for improvement, but I am really enjoying it and having a really good time with it and just wanting to see how that continues to develop into the new year. I'm excited about seeing where you take those things too. Let's talk more about 2018 and big things we already know are coming that we're taking into account as we plan. So the biggest thing which is going to happen January 2nd, the day that this podcast comes out, is that Plum is going to start two mornings a week of preschool. Yay! Which will be more than double the childcare that I have been getting in the form of babysitters. And I'm really interested to see how that changes my work life and my self-care practices and to see how she does with it. I think she'll love it. She's a super extrovert. Mm -hmm. But that's a huge, exciting thing. Another thing that is not our specific family, but um, my sister-in-law is going to have a baby in February. So we'll have a new niece, which is very exciting. And related to that, we're going to take a big trip out west this summer to see the baby, to see my sister, and to see a friend of ours get married in Colorado. Yes. What's on your horizon for 2018, Sarah? Starting in January, I'm also going to have more childcare. Right now, E has been in care three mornings a week, and she's going to start going five mornings a week, which feels like a really good change. And that's not something I would have envisioned this time last year at all, Mm -hmm. but it feels like the right step for our family. And she is doing really well in preschool. I'm really enjoying having the time in the mornings. And I think it's going to help me also be more present with her in the afternoons when I am getting that time in the morning to do work. Really, everything else is pretty much going to be the status quo. We don't anticipate any changes in Neil's job or our housing or other big things. 
So knowing that about the landscape of 2018, what word did you choose to guide your year? So I've picked grow, which is a lot like thrive. (laughs) But for me, thrive seemed more focused on doing well at things I was already doing. Mm -hmm. So grow to me is more about taking on new things or pushing myself to do things better or differently. So I'm thinking about work-wise, growing my freelance writing and science communication workshops, so doing more science communication workshops. Last year, Mm -hmm. I talked about wanting to do that, and I did get to do some. They were really fun. So I'm excited about doing even more of that. With the freelance writing, I've been doing a lot of science writing, but I would love to do different kinds of writing. So maybe more writing about parenting or personal essay type writing. Mm -hmm. Grow is also about supporting Plum as she continues to grow. And along with that comes growth in terms of parenting. So I alluded to this a little, but we're starting to see some of the behavioral challenges ahead. And I think that I need some different tools, need to read some books, need Mm -hmm. to strategize with trusted friends and my therapist about how I can be the kind of parent that I want to be with her and to also strategize about that with Andrew because I think us being on the same page as she becomes more preschooler less toddler is going to be really helpful yes so grow is also about prioritizing financial savings and watching that grow And pushing myself in terms of self-care, which I've already touched on, but that's a big growth place for me, something that I am not great at, that I want to become better. What's your word for 2018, Sarah? I chose the word breathe. I thought about choosing something that had more to do with business, career, professional development, growth, and being more focused on that. Mm -hmm. But When I was reflecting on this, I actually feel really good about where I am and how I'm using the time that's available to me. Mm -hmm. Of course, there is a lot of room for growth in that area, and I do hope that that happens. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to make that my big theme for the year because there are some constraints over that right now, just in terms of where we are with our family life and what feels like a good balance to me. And I am generally happy with where I am in that and don't feel the need to make big changes. But what I do feel like I need is to react less and pause more. Mm. This is especially related to my parenting. And if I were to pick one area that I really want to focus on this year, it is my parenting. Hmm. It's been a really big change with HP being in kindergarten and I feel like we're all dealing with that in different ways. And one way I have been dealing with it that isn't incredibly healthy is getting frustrated more easily Mm -hmm. when people in my family are having really strong emotions. Mm -hmm. And that isn't the kind of way that I want to parent. So I was really inspired by the book, How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen. Ah, yes. That one's on my list. Yes. I think we might review that in more detail later in the year after you read it. And I've got a lot of great ideas from it of things I want to incorporate and the ways that I want to respond. And a lot of that has to do with just not immediately responding Mm. and taking a breath. So that is the big theme. The way I see that translating is also being more present and available to my kids. And before, when I was with them 24-7, I didn't feel the need to carve out this 
okay, now we're having quality time Mm. because it happened really naturally. We sat and read books together all the time. We went on walks together. We worked on dinner together that it just felt like that time was happening. Mm -hmm. But now that HP is in full day kindergarten, the windows for that happening are so much smaller And a lot of it has to do with these transitions, which are just a challenge for everyone. But especially when you're five, going home from school, getting ready for bed, going to school, it's a lot of things that just have to get done and less just being together. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wanting to figure out how to incorporate that in our routine in a way that feels good for all of us. And the same would go for the fact that E is now going to be five mornings a week in care, wanting to really focus on having that time together in the afternoons. That sounds like a really worthy thing to strive for, but a really big challenge. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're reflecting on that. And I am really interested to see what you learn about how that works for you, because I can see myself needing a very similar thing. Well, that also leads into the next question. What are your biggest challenges to succeeding? So for me, the challenges that I anticipate with this are the balance thing again. So I struggled with self-care because I don't necessarily prioritize it time-wise. And then before I know it, the time is all gone in the day to do it. Same thing with the parenting stuff, that if I don't prioritize it, if I don't consciously think many times throughout the day, about the kind of parent that I want to be, about the sort of relationship that I want to cultivate with my daughter as she gains more independence. I think that the prioritization of all of those things is going to be the challenge for me. I think same with work. It will be really easy to just keep doing what I'm doing because I have plenty of work and I could be doing more science writing even if I wanted to. But if I want to move into those other areas, I'm going to have to do it myself. And that's going to be about prioritizing as well. What are the challenges you anticipate? I think the biggest challenge is just not letting myself be emotionally exhausted. And I think that'll come back to what you were saying about prioritizing Mm self-care and that I think I can feel really worn down, especially when my kids are going through a hard time of needing to be that calm, steady presence that is there for them in the way I want to be. But I can only do that if I am getting enough sleep and making sure that I'm eating and finding healthy outlets for my own frustrations so that that is not coming through in the time that I have with my kids, even when there is a lot to be frustrated about. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that I would like to start incorporating that I think would really help with this, and that is very in line with the theme of breathe, is to start and maintain a meditation practice. Mm. And I think that is something that would really help me with these goals and just in general in my life. So it's something I've had the desire to do before, but have never made the time to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I would like to give that a real try this year. Do you have any ideas about things that you'll try to get started, like Mm. books or I know that there are sometimes, you know, meditation challenges that people do Mm -hmm. where you can download a guided meditation or something like that. Do you have any ideas? I think that I would probably use an app. And I've tried the Insight app timer before and I've tried Calm. Mm. The key is I would do best doing this in the morning and 
I have been watching Scandal too late at night to want to wake up before my kids. <laughs> and I think one thing that would help in this whole thing is if I just start waking up before my kids to have that time in the morning. And I think including a five-minute meditation in that time would be really beneficial. So check back in with me in a few months. I'll let you know how it's going. Sounds good. Well, I think that's the end of our discussion about 2018. But listeners, we would love to hear your successes from last year and what you're hoping to achieve in 2018. Let's end as we always do by talking about what we've been eating lately. I do not have a new food that I have been cooking to share, but last weekend I was in Seattle and went to an amazing sushi restaurant. Yum. One of our good friends from college flew up with his girlfriend to hang out for the weekend, and he is somebody who loves really good food and loves unique experiences. So he found out about this restaurant, which has been featured in a Netflix documentary. The Sushi Chef has been featured. Hmm. I'm not sure of the name of it, but I will look it up and link it in the show notes. Great. And it required getting in line at 3.30 and waiting so that we could get a seat at five at the sushi bar. And we did something called amakaze, which is where the chef just picks the food and brings it to you. Awesome. And at the sushi bar, they're making it right in front of you and then telling you about every piece as they set it out. Mm -hmm. And I had eaten raw fish sushi in the past, but I wouldn't say I was incredibly experienced with it. Mm -hmm. And especially not with a kind where it's just rice and then the raw fish. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I had ever had that specifically before. Okay. And that's what the whole meal was. And it was amazing. It was really delicious. It's really fun to hang out with him and try something that I normally wouldn't do. Fun. What have you been eating? So this is the time of year when I like to make saltine toffee. So some people call this Christmas crack. We call it fool's toffee in our house. So. How you do it is you heat butter and brown sugar together. Then you pour that mixture over saltines laid out in a cookie sheet. You put that in the oven for a few minutes, like five minutes. Then you get it out and put on chocolate chips and spread them out so they melt. And then you let it cool and break it up. And it is a delicious, salty, sweet Christmas toffee. It is a crowd pleaser for sure. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. Thank you to everyone for supporting us in 2017, our first full year of podcasting. If you'd like to join in the conversation or offer suggestions for future topics, you can find us online at friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We really love hearing from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I'm, I'm like micromanaging the pod. <laughs> Love it. Just say this, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> Done. Keep on keeping on. You can cut that. <laughs> Don't <leave> <laughs> Don't worry, we okay. got plenty of time. This episode is going to be 20 minutes long. It's Perfect. fine. It's great. Like. Does Andrew listen? Yeah. Okay. Neil doesn't listen. Mm, Neil. Part of it is he doesn't have a smartphone and he's not going to listen at work. So it'd be like him listening on the computer 
sitting around our house in the evenings, which would be kind of weird. (laughs) Or awesome. I love to hear myself talk. (laughs) So anyway, I'm fine with it. He's very supportive of my endeavors. I'm not fine with it. Figure it out, Neil. I was gone somewhere and he listened to the pod while we were gone. He's like, did it because it he missed you? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, podcasting partner. Expert. Pass the baton, please. <laughs> Take, make me Save stop. me from myself. Did you see that down here? I didn't, but sure. Yeah. I think it's because I didn't write the word Abby. Yeah, I was like, doesn't have my name. I don't read it. (laughs)